hey, my name is Ed, and today I want to start a conversation that's going to last for a few weeks, and my goal is to convince you today to stick around with us for the whole conversation as we talk about faith. To be real specific, I, I want to talk to you about this thing that all of us have experienced. And you might have experienced it as a Christian, or maybe you grew up in another religion, or you had no religion whatsoever, but you think there's some kind of cause and effect kind of relationship between what you believe and what God or the universe ought to do. If you grew up Christian, you probably were taught that you should ask God, and God answers prayers, and you're trying to get God to say yes to your prayers. And if you hang around the right people for a certain amount of time, you'll become convinced that if you just have enough faith, you can get God to do stuff you want him to do. So you hear these awesome stories of, I lost my job on Monday, and then I fasted and prayed on Tuesday, and on Wednesday they called me back and made me president of the company. Or this guy broke up with me, but I prayed, and now we're happily married. You hear these stories, and it sounds like you take one part faith and one part prayer, and you mix it together, and a miracle happens. But then it doesn't really work that way for you. And then if you're skeptical and you poke around a little bit, you find out often it didn't really work that well for them either. So we're going to talk about that. Is, is that what faith means? And does our faith impact God? And how do I get the whole thing to work? And what's the difference between me hoping for something and being able to say, hey, God, I'm trusting you to do this. If you've been around Christians, you've probably heard some of us say, hey, I'm just trusting God for that. And you thought, what, is, what does that mean? Now, here's why this whole thing's important. Whether or not you're a Christian, if you and I sat down and we talked uh, and I said, hey, tell me how you see the world working. You'd say, well, I believe or I think whatever comes next would be how you understand faith. You've heard people say, oh, I believe what comes around goes around. That's a faith thing. Or I'm just putting good energy out in the universe and I believe it comes back to me. Same thing. Generally, we assume, we believe, we put our faith in, however you want to say it. We believe that there's some kind of cause and effect relationship between the way that we think, the way we behave, the way we exercise, the way we eat, the way we meditate, how we handle COVID-19, whatever. We assume, we believe that there's a cause and effect relationship between what we do and what ought to happen to us. In fact, I think that the idea that is the really one true American God is this idea that what I do is the main factor in what happens in my life. Many of us believe that what I do and what I don't do really drives the way that my life goes. And if you're a Christian, you'd throw in some faith in God in that as a part of the mix of good choices that you've made. And that idea, well, it impacts how you see God and what part he has to play in our life. It impacts our relationship with him. But most of us have never taken any time to think about well, where did that come from? And do I see... Why do I see the inconsistencies I see with that idea? And what can I really expect from all of this? So we're going to spend some time over the next few weeks talking about that and taking it apart. And since I don't know who's watching, I don't want to assume that you know this, but we're a Christian church, and so we're going to look at how followers of Jesus are supposed to understand this word faith. Whether or not that's how some people you know who call themselves Christian look at it or not. I want you to hear how followers of Jesus are supposed to see this. But I bet, regardless of your background or your relationship with God, 
this is going to give you some things to think about as you think about your philosophy of life. And as we're going to discover, there is this thing about Christianity that makes it different from every other religion and from this cause and effect philosophy that I just described. There is a component to Christianity that the others are missing that some of us believe makes it a much more valid way to view the world. It's the reason we have songs associated with Christianity that we do. It's the reason that when Christians come together that we sing, and in fact, it's the reason that we worship, and it's who we worship.
So here's how I want us to start our conversation today. I want to ask you to think about specifically, what's the foundation of your faith? And the reason I want to start there is because whether you know it or not, so much of what we do every day comes out of this core belief that you have about how the world works. And something's supporting that idea, this way you see life. Something is currently holding up your belief system about how God works or doesn't work or the universe works. And I want to talk about that foundation. Uh, to start, I, I want to talk to you for a few minutes about Really, to those of you who have lost faith or you feel like you're losing faith uh, during what, everything that's going on. Because a discussion about losing faith is going to help us see how important it is and why it's so important to have the right thing as a foundation. Because if you've ever felt like that, you've lost your faith or you felt you were in the process of losing your faith or you're doing it right now, you, you feel like your world's coming apart. And you don't know what to say and you don't know what to pray and you don't know what to expect from God or really from the world. And... You may not even be sure there is a God. And what's happened is that whatever you were standing on, the foundation of your faith, you felt it begin to give away underneath you. And when it gets shaky, it's a really uncomfortable feeling. What I've observed, I've been a pastor now for a while, is that when people say they've lost their faith or they just don't know what to believe anymore, generally it's a result of one or two things. It's either lifestyle decisions or unexplained circumstances. For instance, maybe when you grew up, you were taught that lying was bad. So that became a part of how you saw the whole world. Even though you lied occasionally, you still believed it was a bad thing. And that was fine until you grew up and you got a job. And in that company or that industry, being dishonest, it, it was a business practice. And though no one ever said it outright to you, it became clear, hey, this is just the way it's done here. Well, now... You have this internal dilemma because you were raised to believe that being dishonest was wrong. But when you look around the successful people you work with, it doesn't seem to be bothering any of them or affecting their life in any way. So now you have three choices. I can, I can go to work here and I can just feel guilty all the time. I can quit my job. That sounds stupid because it's a good job. Or maybe what I always believed about being dishonest isn't true about this part of the world and I'm just way too uptight. And over time, and all of us have done this in, in different ways, relationally or sexually or ethically, because of something in our life that we chose, we began to change what we believe. Not because of research, not because we decided it was wrong. We changed because of our lifestyle. And all of us experience this in big and little ways. And here's my point. We changed the way we behaved, and then we changed the way we believe. Now, the other thing that chips away our, our faith is what I would call unexplainable circumstances. You, you know, you believe that God would never, and then it seemed like he did. Or you were raised to believe that God would always, and then it seemed like he didn't. And you were raised to believe that if you did A, B, and C, then you could expect God to do E, F, and G. And you've done A, B, and C, and God hadn't done his part. When circumstances come into your life that don't line up with the way you believe God should behave or the way the world works, then your faith gets shattered. I mean, I've seen it happen all the time. And you look around for God to show up for you. You pray for God to give you a job so you won't lose your house. And you fasted and prayed. I mean, some of you are joining back in with church, trying to get back in good with God because you aren't sure how God works, but you think church is probably a part of it. And you're thinking, I've got to win God's favor how to... 
however that happens to get on his good side and you don't know how to do it. And you're beginning to lose faith because it does not appear like God's going to act the way he's supposed to act. I mean, almost all of us know somebody or we are somebody who'd say, my faith took a big hit when I expected God to do something and he didn't do it. Those two things <laughs> that erode our faith the quickest are lifestyle choices and unexplainable circumstances. And what they have in common is what I want to call circumstantial faith. And circumstantial faith, it is always very, very fragile because life's not all that consistent. There is not a direct cause and effect pattern to every part of life like we believe. I mean, there's some randomness. So because you based your life on that, it seems like there's randomness to God. And everything you think you have it figured out, this formula that makes sure God comes through for you. And it's, I say two prayers, and then I do a good deed, and I follow it by reading my Bible, or I sing this song, or I meditate, I get this feeling, I eat right, I exercise. That's the formula. Every time you think you figured it out, and then you look around, something doesn't seem to fit into it, and you say, what's wrong with God, or is something wrong with me? I've had people say to me, am I being punished for something? See... That's the nature of circumstantial faith. It is always very, very fragile. And the reason it's fragile is because we aren't very good at interpreting events. I mean, we look at the events of this week or the last couple of months and we say, well, why didn't that happen? Or why didn't God do that? And we start interpreting the circumstances. Well, since that didn't happen and that job didn't work out and my son hadn't come back, maybe God doesn't love me or maybe I did something wrong. But the truth is, we're just bad at interpreting events. I, I mean, if you dropped into my family at different points and you'd ask my kids, hey, does your dad love you? There have been times when their immediate circumstances, they would have said, no, my dad doesn't love me. Why do you say that? Because he made me go to this person who took sharp objects and stuck them in my mouth and it hurt. And even though I told him it hurt, and even though I told him I hated it, it scared me every time I have to go. He makes me go back again and again and again. Of course, as an adult, you'd say, well, look, actually, sending you to a dentist is evidence that he really does love you. But if you'd asked my kids when they were little, or you asked me when I was young, I'd have said, no, it, it hurt last time, it's going to hurt this time, it'll hurt next time, I don't like it, and I told him. Why would somebody who loved me let someone hurt me? That's not evidence that they love me, that's evidence they need counseling. I, I mean... All of us know from experience that we're really bad at interpreting events. The chances are that most of us have had at least one event in our life that at the moment it happened, we think, oh, this is terrible. But three years later, you look back at it and you say, I am so glad that happened. Well, was it good or was it bad? Well, ultimately it was good, but it sure looked bad. But if I'd asked you to evaluate God's love for you in that moment when it looked bad, most of us would have gotten it wrong. See, that's the problem with circumstantial faith. It is really fragile because we are not good at interpreting the events in our life. Because our time frame to evaluate, it just isn't long enough. When we evaluate God's faithfulness, his presence, his intervention, and the time frame that's short enough to suit us, we often think something's wrong with God and he must not be there or I'm being punished or something's wrong. One of the longest accounts we have of a person's life in the Bible is this guy named Joseph. He's got a key part in God's plan to protect his whole family, really the whole world, from this worldwide famine. 
But when you read his story, it has these incredible circumstances of his life. He grows up with 10 brothers, and they all hate him because their dad favored him so much. They want to kill him, but they have mercy on him, and they just sell him into slavery and tell their dad he's dead. But he obeys God. He won't commit adultery with his master's wife, and she lies, and she gets him thrown into prison for rape. So he goes from his brothers wanting to kill him to they just sell him into slavery. His boss's wife wants an affair, but he won't do it. He does the right thing. He gets thrown into prison, and God does nothing for 15 years. But for 15 years, Joseph remains faithful to God. In fact, in the story we're told, it says God was with Joseph. Now, when we read the rest of the story, eventually, Joseph becomes second in charge of the whole country. But if you'd been with Joseph during those times in prison when God was inactive for 15 years, you'd have said, hey, Joe, this faith thing, it ain't working. But the whole time, Joseph just continues to believe God, not based on his circumstances, but based on something entirely different. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. What if, what if faith was never intended to be a circumstantial faith, but faith of another kind? What would that look like? With every breath, with every word I speak, with every step, with every Just let it be for you, for you only, my whole life, all for your glory. Day. 
is not intended to be based on the things that happened to me. I mean, God will often use the circumstances in my life to touch me, to reach me, to get my attention. But my point is, is that even though God often uses the circumstances to launch our faith, circumstances were never intended to be the foundation of our faith. So we have to be really careful, whether you're a Christian or you have some other philosophy of life or you just believe there's a God, your faith is founded on something. And if it's on circumstances, it's really fragile, and eventually it'll fail. And here's why it eventually will fail. Because your life will eventually cause there to be so many random experiences that they just won't fit. Or the pleasures of your life will eventually cause almost every element of your belief system to become inconvenient. And in order to keep believing it, you'll have to give up some pleasure. And in the end, if your faith is purely circumstantial, You'll opt for pleasure every single time, and you'll adjust your faith to fit your lifestyle, which isn't a problem except for this. I mean, it just means that what you were believing wasn't worth believing, and that what you believe today won't be what you believe tomorrow. And none of that really matters until you really, really need something firm to stand on. If all you have is circumstantial faith, faith based on what I can see around me, what I expect God to do, eventually it just won't hold up. So here is why I'm glad I trust Jesus. It's why I'm a Christian. Unlike current philosophies or old philosophies or any other religion, the foundation of Christianity is not an experience. The, the foundation of Christianity is not my ability to make the world makes sense. The foundation of Christianity is not an experience that I have personally had with God. It's not an answered prayer that God came through for me. Though often those can be catalysts to my faith, they are not the foundation of our faith. So I want to show you something. It's from a book of the Bible called Hebrews. And we don't know who wrote this book, but we know it's written to a group of Christians who were Jewish. And the whole thr thrust of that book is that these Christians are about to give up on their faith because their life has been really, really hard. See, when they became Christians, this is hard for us to get, but they would lose their Jewish families. They would lose their jobs in Jewish culture. Following Jesus did not seem to be working out for them. So this writer is pleading with them, don't give up on your faith just because of your circumstances. Don't make the foundation of your faith your ability to get God to make your life better. So I want to show you a verse, and then we're going to come back to this in the next few weeks. And in this verse, uh, the writer gives us a foundation for our Christian faith. This is what sets Christianity apart from everything else. It's the place of firm foundation no matter what the circumstances are in our life. Therefore, so the writer's basing everything we're about to hear on everything he said before. In fact, the first part of this is a summary of what she's just said before this. Therefore, since we have a great high priest, and let me just say something about priest. To the Hebrew mind, the priest was the person who represented the people to God. So the writer says, Jesus was the great high priest, and we as Christians have access to God through him. Therefore, 
since we have this great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we possess. Here's what the writers say. Guys, I know your faith ain't working out real well. Following Jesus has not made your life better. And, and I know it feels like your faith is empty. But don't quit believing. Why? Because everything's going to work out? No, that's not it. It says, don't quit believing because of what we have. We have a person in history who showed up and walked this earth as one of us. We have a person who touched us and who spoke and who loved and who performed miracles, who died on the cross, who was raised from the dead, and he now represents us to God. That's what we have right now. Since we currently have that, that's why you should not give up believing. In other words, and, and don't miss this, the foundation of our faith is a person. The foundation of our faith is not an experience in our life or an answer to prayer. The foundation of our faith is a person, Jesus. And the reason we believe when things are good and we believe when things are bad is not because things are good or bad or because our faith makes sense out of the things are good or bad or because our faith is the power to make good things out of bad or because our faith answers every question we have. The reason we believe is because 2,000 years ago, God came for us. That's the reason we believe. Not because we have the ability to control our circumstances right now by faith. The foundation of Christianity is not what we can see right here and now. And this is why you know people that even you would say they have extraordinary faith. And you think, hey, how can you continue to believe when that happened to you? How can you continue to believe when you still can't have children and you prayed? How can you continue to believe when you have cancer? I mean, you look at their circumstances and you don't get it, but they'd look at you and they say, well, it's really simple. The foundation of my faith is not that God would give me children or that I'd get a job that I want or that no one I love would ever get cancer. The foundation of my faith is a person, not something that happens in my life. Now, I want to be honest. I'm like you. I love all the good stories. You know, I got fired, but then I prayed and they called me back and made me CEO. Or my son ran away from home and I got the whole church to pray and we put an email out and people in my small group were praying everywhere and we stormed the gates of heaven and a few days later my son came home and his heart broke, was broken and now all things are good between us and it took only two weeks. I love those kind of stories. And if that was me, that's what I want. And I do believe God's at work and that those things happen. But can you see, all of that is circumstantial faith. And even though I love those stories, they don't really build my faith. You know what makes me have to sit down and, and take a breath? It's not the person that has those stories. It's the gal who gets totally taken advantage of at work and they kick her out unjustly and they don't do what they promised. And she forgives them and she continues to trust God. And everybody's like, how could God allow that to happen to somebody good like you? How, how can you still believe? And she's like, whoa, whoa. My faith is not based on what happens to me. My faith is based on a person, Jesus, and what he has already done and is doing in my life. Well, yeah, there's, there's that. It's not the people who get what they want that inspire me. It's the people who 
I stand with them at their husband's funeral or their son's funeral and God didn't answer their prayer and they still believe, they still say, God is good and I still trust. Why wouldn't us? I mean, Jesus still resurrected 2,000 years ago and that's what my faith is based on. That's why I have hope. See, right now your faith, your philosophy is resting on something. Christian or not, religious or not, your idea of how the way this world works is resting on something. You need to know what it is. And my warning to you is if it's circumstantial, then like most philosophies in our world are, then eventually it's going to fail you. You'll have to adjust your belief system to match the current reality. But here's the amazing thing. And this is how much God loves you. God's not asking you to trust him based on your ability to figure him out. God has not asked you to place your confidence in him based on your ability to find him in the circumstances of your life. God has done something way more significant than that. God says, I'm asking you to trust me with the details of your life, with the ethics of your life, with your family, with your relationships, because 2,000 years ago, I sent my son into history to walk as you walk and to face what you face, to show you I love you. And I don't want you to think I love you because I answer every prayer now and then. And I'm bigger than that. I love you because I sent my son to show you what I am like and to make a way for you to be with me. And then he died and his resurrection proves I'm for you. I am with you. I want you to trust me based on that. Build your life on that. Because that's a foundation of faith that will last. The foundation of our faith, it's not a philosophy or an event in my lifetime. It's not even an experience of God's faithfulness to us personally. The foundation of our faith is a person, Jesus Christ. And from that foundation in the weeks to come, we're, we're going to build a case for what that means and for what it means to walk by faith and for what it means to trust him and what we can trust him for and what we should be able to count on. But for today... I just want you to focus on that fact and to realize that it all grows out of this. The foundation of our faith is a person, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Which is why Christians around the world, when they come together, we take communion together. And here's how we're going to do that today. I want you to hear a song, and it's not a very long song, so stick with us. And it presents the story of Jesus in just a few minutes. It's the story of the foundation of our faith. For believers who prepared to take, I want you to wait. And on the screen during the song, you're going to see, we're going to prompt you to partake during the song. And if you're with us and you've lost your faith or you're losing it or you just don't know what to believe, maybe you, you just should listen and imagine how firm the foundation under your faith could be if your faith was not based on what you can figure out or what you can get God to do or what happens in your life, but if it was founded on someone based in history who is still at work for you today, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let's listen and prepare to remember him. crown with glory now the Savior now to wash our feet 
now at his feet we bow. The one who wore our sin and shame, now robed in majesty, the radiance of perfect love, now shines for all to
was borrowed for three days. His body there would not remain. Our God has robbed us. foundation of our faith, the person of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And over the next few weeks from that foundation, we're going to build a case for what that means and for what it means to walk by faith and what we can trust him for and what you really can count on. If today you want to take a next step, whether that next step is you just want someone to pray with you or you want to connect with someone or you want, you have questions or Maybe you've just been watching for a while and you're ready to just let us know you're here. Just raise your hand. Well, text next step to the number you see on the screen and we'll contact you really soon. We are so honored you took time to be with us and my hope is that you'll come back for the rest of this conversation. We're going to continue it next week. See ya.